Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are Hypno Toad gets hypnotized, recapping the college football playoff national championship game. Halfway through the NBA regular season, who's heating up and who's ice cold? Finalists for this year's NFL Hall of Fame class have been announced. Who will be headed to Canton? You're fired. Tracking the NFL head coaches looking for jobs. Wildcard weekend is finally here. Preview, previewing the kickoff to the NFL's playoffs. With that, I give you our chief fire fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Thursday night in rainy Delaware, Ohio. Oh, yeah. It's been raining all day, but at least it's not California. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, kind of our uh, college football wrap-up show, um, you know, because there's really not much to talk about in that national championship game. You know, everybody saw that, uh, you know. Um, and I guess, you know, you know, we can talk about this a little bit. You know, first uh, repeat champion. There's only been two repeat other repeat champions, Nebraska in 94-95 and Alabama in 2011-2012. Uh, so, you know, hats off, obviously, to Georgia for, for backing up their national championship from last year. Um, largest point differential ever. Um, by a by a wide margin, the previous differential was 36 points. Um, Stetson Bennett, four TD passes, two rush TDs on top of that, mm-hmm. almost 600 yards of offense, <clears throat> just you by know, just by himself. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, um, only gave up that Georgia D only gave up 188 yards of offense. Um, yeah. My guess, my question is, you know, you guys can add in what you want here, but I'll let you do that before I ask my question. Go ahead. Phil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, this game was over before halftime. Mm. I mean, it, you know, it, it was never, never. I mean, it, ten to seven was pretty much the closest it was. And I thought, was, yeah, maybe we got a game here, right? And then after that, it was total domination on both sides of the ball from Georgia. And I mean, this is this is the Georgia team, I guess, that we're used to seeing, or you know. And and I don't know if it was Georgia really played that well, or or TCU really played that that bad, or you know, I, I think. A little bit of both, you know, contributed to it. I mean, TCU turned the ball over three times uh, within their own, you know, territory uh, against a team like Georgia. You you can't you yeah. can't do that. You got to uh, play the perfect game. Yeah, and, and obviously, I mean, Georgia probably played their perfect game, mm. and and it and it showed up with sixty five points, you know, on the on the scoreboard, and only giving up seven on the on the other side. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I don't know what else, what more, what more you can say. I mean, Georgia scored on all six of their first half drives. So they get it six times. They, they scored on every single one. You're going to have, I mean, we know TCU can put up points, but that, that's a lot to ask for, you know, for your team to, to match, you know, Georgia, you know, point for point or, you know, at least somewhat close. Um, I, yeah. I just think that the, the defense obviously let them down, you know, for, for TCU, but the offense really just was never able to really get any kind of momentum or get really anything, anything going. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, still, I think, you know, TCU, you know, people say, Oh, they didn't deserve to be there that, you know, it's, a, but yeah, they did. They, they, yeah, they, they won. I mean, won, at the end yeah. of the game, they, they, you know, they won or, you know, people were saying, Oh, you know, Ohio state or Michigan or, you know, whoever would have, would have done the same thing that Georgia did. Well, Michigan TCU, didn't the week yeah, before. They did it. You know, they didn't TCU took care of business. They right. won the game or whatever you can only play the games that you can play in, you know, and Ohio state, Michigan didn't take care of business. They lost. So these are two teams were, were, you know, we got, and, and Georgia was on this night was the, the better team. So by a mile. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but it's just, 
yeah, I, I think we're looking at a Georgia team that that I don't. I mean, next year could be doing. They're already, you know, picking. You know, Vegas has already picked a three peat. <laughs> yeah, and know. it's crazy to think that that they're here because they lost fifteen guys to the NFL last year. I mean, they lost, um, you know, a whole side of the ball and and some, right. you know, to the and NFL. They don't even blink. And, and yeah. it looked like they, you know, nothing, you know. You would have never thought they would have lost that many guys, and 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 you know they're still here and and, and hoisting a national championship. I, I don't know. You're gonna lose Stetson Bennett. That's the, <clears throat> the heart and soul of that right. team. I I get. I I I don't think they're. I think they're gonna be really good. I don't think they're gonna be bad or anything mm-hmm. by any stretch. Right. But to, to go undefeated and go it's, for a three peat without without your heart and soul, that, that's gonna be a, a tough okay. ask. If so you I ask guess. Me. So I guess my question is because I don't want to spend a lot of time on our show on this thing, but. Um, would any other team, I guess, and I guess the two teams I'm talking about would have been my Michigan team, mm-hmm. and I guess I'm I, I'm talking about Alabama. Does do any other? Does there any other team out there that would have fared better than Ohio State did against Georgia? Who you know they came up you know a field goal a field goal short. Does any other team fare better than what TCU did? You know I I don't think I so. Because again I, I think Georgia played their perfect right. game, and I don't think anybody would have beat them. You know maybe they did maybe they don't score sixty five mm-hmm. points and, and whatnot, but they play you know as much as TCU needed to play their perfect game to even have a have a shot in this. I mean Georgia was flawless. I mean right. there's. Yeah. They probably could have been. Probably the only mistake they made is on that first turnover. They only got a field goal out of it. Right, yeah. If you could say that's a mistake, that's probably probably the only. I mean, on that night, they might have been able to beat some NFL teams, you know, (laughs) like that. They they played, you know, again, a a flawless game. And they they don't even need to play a flawless game to have a shot to win, you know, to win or whatever. But they did, and it it reflected. I, I don't. I don't see anybody else. I don't think anybody. I think the Buckeyes just had the perfect recipe for being able to play against that defense. Mm -hmm. You know, they had the the great quarterback, the great receiver, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's kind of where, where Georgia has shown an Achilles heel to say the least this year. So, (laughs) you know, I I just, I I think the Buckeyes were a tough matchup for them. Mm -hmm. They got past them. I don't think anybody else could have done. Right. Yeah. I I think that, could have done better than TCU. You're talking 65 to seven. Right. You know, I, I think, you know, a half decent effort from Michigan would have been better than sixty-five-seven, right? Or yeah. Alabama, but yeah, I think again. I, but I, I still think they they all probably lose, especially, right? Especially that night, like yeah. Holton said, they were they were on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I don't I don't think it would have been you know maybe it wouldn't have been as big of a, a blowout or whatever, win, but uh, I don't think anybody I don't think anybody them. yeah was gonna beat them on that on right. that night. They right. they yeah you can't right. say anything more than than that. I mean right. they they Very played good. almost perfect, so it, right. yeah. Well, to wrap up our college football, then our big winner, our bowl challenge was Ryan Redmond from Marion, Ohio. Mm-hmm. He's actually my captain at the fire department. So uh, he's the big winner of the $25 BW3 nice. gift, gift certificate. So congratulations to Ryan. Awesome. All right, moving forward, uh, NBA stuff. Um, our hot. We're going to go uh, start off the segment with um, who's your hottest team? You're, you're, well, not maybe necessarily hottest team, but – your your pick for odds on favorite for NBA championship right now. Yeah, <clears throat> when we did this, uh, you know, did this segment, you know, a few weeks ago, kind of at the quarter mark. Um, you know, I, I I picked the Boston Celtics, and I'm I'm sticking with them, sticking with them in this one. I mean, they have only I don't know gotten better, or, you know, stayed the same since we talked about it last. I mean, got the best record in the NBA. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, shooting almost eighty three percent from the free throw line, which for me is is a big one, but. 
Um, you know, just looking at overall, you know, records, um, they're they're 16 and eight against Eastern Conference opponents, but even better against Western Conference, you know, 14, mm-hmm. 14 and four against uh, Western Conference opponents, which, you know, it, I, it's going to be a brutal East again. You know, it, yeah. anybody in the East, I think, could, could have the possibility to, to make it to the finals. Um, but, you know, if, if Boston is able to make it, having a decent record against, you know, a Western Conference opponent mm-hmm. or whatever is going to going to go a long way. And um, another thing thing for me that that was a big thing in the finals was the number of turnovers that they had, you know, in those finals of basically just giving, you know, giving points away to, to the, to the golden state warriors. They've cut down on that pretty, pretty significantly. They're, they're only averaging about 13 turnovers a game, which is good for fourth, fourth best in the NBA. So they're, they're doing, you know, correcting some of the mistakes that haunted them during that finals. Hopefully that then trend, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, it's different basketball than, than the regular season. Hopefully they can keep the success they've had in the regular season and translate it into the, into the playoffs. Um, So I, I like the, I like the Celtics to, to bring home, you know, bring home a title. They were, you know, oh, so close last year. But uh, I think the, the difference was the, the finals, not having that finals experience. Now they do. I think that that's, you know, the difference. I think they bring home a championship to right. Boston. Well, before you start, Matt, <clears throat> I'm, let me piggyback on that because I picked the Celtics as well. Um, well, I'll just, I'll just say right now it's a three-peat. Real quick, and they got the best point differential in the NBA, almost six points a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love my guy, Marcus Smart. That's, mm-hmm. You know, that's all I got to add. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, my only other point on this was, you know, the Celtics are kind of running away in the East, but you look at the West and I have no idea who's going to be in the finals uh, yeah. in the West. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all over the place. Right. And the top two teams are Denver and Memphis. And mm-hmm. I, I have trouble buying into the fact that those, those teams are going to get to the finals just because <laughs> right. they haven't been there before. They've mm-hmm. blown it in the past. Right. You know, so you, you, you still think of a team like Golden State, even though they're what eight, eight, nine, ten right now right. in yeah. the West. Yeah. You, you still think they got as good a shot as anybody right. out in the West to make mm-hmm. the finals. Mm-hmm. Once you get there, anything can happen. But right. who knows what's going to come out of the West for the finals. And I think at the same time, like, you know, yeah, we talk about, you know, a couple of those teams. But I, I think at the same time, it's, it's somewhat – I don't know if that means that the West is is down or it's not good. I, I Personally, I feel like it's more competitive, competitive balanced, that way yeah. uh, because – you know, we'll talk about it here here in a second. But uh, you know, my my Mavericks when we were talking about this segment, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, two three weeks ago, or whatever, um, they were sitting at you know five hundred, you know, out of the playoffs, you know, twelfth seed or whatever. They go on a little stretch where they win, you know, six seven games mm-hmm. in a row. They've shot up all the way to like the fourth best team in the right. West. So right. it, it, that's how you know you will you lose a game or two in a row, you go from being the fourth to possibly being out of the out of right. the playoffs. You know, right. so it's. I think I feel like it's it's uber competitive. So I think, yeah, it is a little bit of a mixed bag in, yeah. in the West of, you know, any one of those teams could possibly have, you know, they get hot at the right time. Right. They they make a run, you know, whatever. So I think that makes – and the West has always been kind of kind of like – the East has always been, you know, kind of the, do, the top, you know, three, four teams or whatever mm-hmm. have always been. Kind, kind of, of the, rise to the top. Kind of the dominant the ones or, you know, yeah. the ones that represent, you yeah. know, the East or whatever. But – the West is always somewhat, you know, been competitive or a mixed bag. So we'll, we'll see what what happens. But uh, right. yeah, interesting. We all picked the pick the Celtics, oh, yeah. even though we're talking about a West the West being more competitive. Yeah. We're picking an East team to win yeah. the whole thing. So we'll we'll see what happens. But all right, well, what what do you want to go with next? Your MVP pick? Uh, yeah. We'll just piggyback off the final. I'm sure we a lot of us are probably talking the same guy. Mm-hmm. I went Jason Tatum. This right. guy's averaging thirty point eight points per game. Nah. 
Not yeah. so fast, Not my right. friend. <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, like he's averaging thirty point eight points per game, four point two assists per game, eight point two rebounds per game for a guard. That's pretty impressive there. And, you know, he he leads the current best team in the NBA, and you know that seems to be how this award typically falls. Mm-hmm. Is one of the best players from one of the best teams in the league mm-hmm. seems to take on the hardware. So yeah, you know, I have trouble looking past Jason Tatum at this point. Yeah, he's yeah. a good candidate. But yeah, I like my boy Luca. He should have won it last year if mm-hmm. they'd have been a better team. Mm-hmm. And this year they are. Mm-hmm. Like Colton said, they're fourth in the West. They're seven and three their last ten games. Um, he's averaging six when he should. He was my pick last year. Should have been the MVP last year. This year he's averaging six more points a game. Mm-hmm. His field goal percentage is up four and a half points more a game. My only concern is is if you're a a phone of a, a fan of Yellowstone, you got to take care of your horses. You can't run them to death. Mm. Hopefully they don't wear him out before the end right. of the season. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, uh, so. I mean, he's a stud, but mm-hmm. you know the guy can only. He can only do so much, so right. th- that's my fear: is that they're gonna, they're just gonna wear him down. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm in agreement. I, I like Luca, you know, taking home the MVP, you know, and I think the difference between, you know, I, I had picked him as kind of my MVP, you know, when we when we did the segment before, uh, but now I like his chances a little bit more because the Mavericks have picked it up from mm-hmm. a record standpoint. Mm-hmm. They 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 aren't sitting at 500, and and it has a lot what, to do 23 and 19 right now <clears throat> right yeah. yeah and um you know as a result during that stretch like i talked about where they won you know six seven games in a row i mean this guy wasn't just averaging 30 points a game the guy was averaging near 40 50 points yeah. you know during that Had stretch a, what, a 70 point game yeah yeah um, and, and so he he is crucial to this team i i i i would have to look it up and see what the stats look like when he doesn't play like what the Ravrix record <laughs> is when he doesn't play because it has to be awful um and, and especially this year but yeah it is it is concerning hopefully he can stay stay healthy stay in good shape because he is averaging a little over 37 minutes a game um, which is actually good for second in the in the nba so he's not leading in that category but but, they, uh, they, but he's up there and he's a lot of options with him on the bench right exactly they, they yeah. struggle to score so hopefully he can he can stay healthy to keep his MVP chances you know alive or you know whatnot and and for the Mavericks' sake you know for future for playoffs and you know, all that they need him to play to, to stay up there and right. stay in a competitive West. So yeah, all right. So you want to do your most disappointing team or your uh, surprise team next? Right. Let's go most disappointing team. Right. Yeah, uh, mine. I'm um, going out west, and that's the Phoenix Suns. Mm. 21 and 21 right now. Uh, and, and it pains me to say that, mm-hmm. you know, for the guys on that team that I think are deserving, uh, yeah. they may have missed the boat. I'm sorry to say they, you know, I think they had their opportunity the last two seasons <laughs> that, you know, they're two and eight last 10 games sitting in seventh place right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a struggle the rest of the way for the Suns. Yeah, you know, they've kind of been bitten by that injury bug. Yep, and Booker's been out a bit, yeah. and, you know, some of their Amen. other players have been on right. and off the court. So right. I, I think they, they've got the talent there that they could go from being that 8-10 seed to being the number one or two right. seed. Yeah, they just got to get healthy. Especially you know? in that West right now. Right, absolutely. Matt, who, who do you think most disappointing for you? you? Know, for me, my biggest disappointment, I'm going with the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're mm. currently 10th in the West at 20-22. and 22. This team in the offseason added some pieces that had people thinking these guys are going to be championship contenders. They added Rudy Gobert right. to a lineup that, you know, played really well last year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. took them pretty pretty far in the in the playoffs last year. Right. And now this year they just they can't seem to get it together. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're having trouble playing as a team. They're struggling 
you know, week in, week in and week out. They're just they're not what everybody thought they were going to be, and it's right. a huge disappointment there in Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was my biggest disappointment, you know, from from last you know the last segment. But I, I, and I feel they they've stayed about the same, you know, about yeah. five hundred like they were, you know, in the first quarter. But for me, it's another team that's hovering around that five hundred mark. And out west, it's the the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Um, they were on my radar. For a while. <clears throat> this this team's currently nineteen and twenty one. They're fourth in their own division and and actually have the twentieth best or if you want to say worst record in the in the yeah. NBA. Um, they they just don't they don't do they're scoring as many points per game as they're allowing. They're, they're scoring one hundred and twelve points. They give up one hundred and twelve points. It's just so the fact that they're 500 maybe shouldn't be so surprising because they are about 500 in, in, in every cat. You look at across the stats or whatever, they don't do really anything exceptionally well. There's not really one stat that stands out that you say, man, they're really good at that. If they could just, you know, capitalize on that more, they would, you know, probably be a better team. They they, they are about a mid 500 team or mid mid tier team in every every stat. And one that really sticks out to me is they they foul um, they have almost 21 fouls a game that they're averaging almost 21 foul which is 20th in the NBA so they're technically not even the worst in that in that stat but it's just you're giving up a lot of free points or a lot of free opportunities in in games you know where in the NBA there's not a lot of times where it's it's a huge blowout most of the time the games are within you know 10 you know 5 to 10 points so with all those fouls, you're you're just given you know free opportunities for for your opponents to yeah. to uh, you know win you know beat you at the at the free throw line and and you know I, I'd like to say that their next you know several games here they might get you know a little bit of a of, of a better stretch but pretty much their their next four of their next five games are against teams with with winning records the the only team that they play the next five games are the Lakers who have a have a losing record but. Everybody else is is up there with with you know several games above five hundred or you know towards the top in 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 the conference. So I, I don't I don't know you know and it's, and it's just sad to see for you know for Damian Lillard's you know standpoint. I mean this was a guy that's been loyal to Portland. They've done. I was going to say when's Portland going to do the right thing? And right, just, just cut their <clears throat> cut the loss there and right. just let them go. And yeah, they they pursue a championship. Have, you know, keep promising that they're going to keep adding pieces, keep adding pieces around him. And it just, they have not found the right combination or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah. It, it might be time to, to, to let, you know, Damian Lillard explore some mm. other options or, you know, get, get with a team that has a better shot at, at competing because I, I just don't know that this trailblazers team is going to have enough to, to turn it around to, to make a run. <clears throat> All right. Surprise team. I'll start this segment out. Um, the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. They're up to third in the West, uh, 25 and 16. Although they did take a loss last night to the Celtics, who, mm-hmm. you know, we've already talked about. But right. Zion's out. And it doesn't sound like a real serious injury. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one that just needs a little bit of rest, uh, a right hamstring, I think they said. But, um, you know, they got some uh, kind of, you know, not every day or household name players that are kind of picking up. Trey Murphy's up seven points from. His, um, you know, average from last year and eight percentage points above his shooting average from last year. C.J. McCollum had a great game last night, scored 38 points. But, you know, they, they went up against that tandem of Brown and, and Tatum that scored 72. Um, but they only lost by 11 points. And they, they out, outshot Boston from mm-hmm. the field and from three-point range. But mm-hmm. where they got killed was on the boards. They got out-rebounded 50-33 to 33 last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. And – 
you know, Zion not playing, you know, maybe that's a different ball game with mm-hmm. him in there, mm-hmm. you know, playing in the paint and, you know, maybe bring those rebounding back to a little bit closer to normal. So, yeah. you know, like we said, in that competitive West, if they can, if they can hold on until, you know, Zion gets back here in another, they said maybe two weeks, you know, just give that hamstring a little bit of rest and, mm-hmm. and get him back in the lineup. And if CJ and Trey Murphy keep, keep playing the way they have, you know, maybe uh, this will be uh, New Orleans' year to get into the playoffs and make a little bit of noise this year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I had the same team, New Orleans Pelicans, right here as well. You know, it's the team the last few years really hasn't done much of anything, and mm-hmm. everybody thought Zion would be forcing his way out of town, mm-hmm. trying to get traded right. and, and getting out of there. But you know what? He held strong. He stayed on. And it, it, it's, it's proven that it, it works. You, mm-hmm. you can build a team if you, if you hang around. Right, all all right. these guys that, you know, kind of cut bait and want to go play with other Somewhere champions else, yeah. and super teams and all that, you know. I, I give a ton of respect to Zion Williams for mm. really sticking just it sticking it out mm. and, and, and putting it on his shoulders and mm, he, right. wanting to do it mm-hmm. and being the star and, yeah. and, and leading this team to great success right now. Yeah, absolutely. And they did. You know, not only has Zion somewhat been out of the lineup, but their other, you know, star in Brandon Ingram has been, mm-hmm. you know, injured as, as well. So I think, you know, this team is doing pretty well without I think some I of their. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they've been doing okay with some of their stars in and out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, again, if they can get all their guys back and, you know, together, this team can be you know, pretty special, a very young, you know, kind of gritty team. We'll see, you know, what they, what they can do when it comes playoff time. But uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're doing well out there in a, in a competitive West. So we'll see if they can continue that. Uh, but for me, my most surprising team, and it probably shouldn't be a surprise because this is probably what we should expect of this team. And that, that's the Brooklyn Nets uh, yeah. right now. They're, they're 27 and 13. I mean, they started out the season fired. They got rid of, you know, Steve Nash, uh, you know, before the season started, Kevin Durant wanted out of Brooklyn. Kyrie wanted out of Brooklyn. I mean, this this season you had no idea what was gonna gonna happen. And then yeah, they 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 start out two and five in their first seven games. Fire Steve Nash, uh, and you thought, oh man, this is really gonna take a take a turn for the worse. But since then, they have really really turned it around. Uh, they're nine and one in their past uh, you know past ten games, and they're shooting almost fifty two percent from the floor as a, as a team, um, which is unbelievable. But It'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Kevin Durant did go down with a kind of a what they're calling kind of an MCL sprain. Um, he's he's out for at least two weeks, and then they'll see you know what 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 it looks like in in two weeks. Um, hopefully, they can keep you know keep the ship righted and and you know their next five games they play every single one of their opponents is below five hundred. So they got somewhat of a more lenient schedule until till Durant you know could possibly get back. So I think that they can somewhat you know weather the storm while while he's out but they obviously are going to need him especially come playoff time to be in that lineup healthy ready to go but yeah i like the i like the nets here you know at the at the midway point um, as as my most surprising team all right well we're going to take a real quick commercial break don't leave us we'll be right back this podcast is sponsored by podbean podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use podbean to host fired up Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. 
Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of NFL news um, while the rest of the show is all about the NFL. So um, right now we're going to go with uh, the uh, NHL or NFL Hall of Fame nominees have been announced for induction into uh, uh, Canton. Um, so, uh, Matt, you want to go down through the list there real quick? Yeah, we, we got some really good nominees this year. Uh, we'll start it off. We got Jared Allen, who's defensive end for Kansas City, Minnesota, Chicago, and Carolina, uh, mostly known for his time there in Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. And you got Willie Anderson, the offensive tackle. He played for Cincinnati and Baltimore. Uh, Rondé Barber, Barber, Tiki's twin brother, mm-hmm. uh, defensive back, played uh, many years in Tampa Bay. Dwight Freeney, the def- great defensive end out of Indy, and Indy. ended his career playing with four or five other teams there. But uh, Devin Hester, the the always dangerous punt returner, wide receiver, most, most time in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got Torrey Holt, the wide receiver there in uh, St. Louis. Um, Andre Johnson, the wide receiver out of Houston. He played a little bit in Indy and Tennessee as well. <laughs> Albert Lewis, the cornerback out of Kansas City. Uh, the Daryl Revis, the cornerback in the New York Jets, Tampa Bay, New England, Kansas City. Joe Thomas, the great left tackle for Cleveland, played his whole career there in Cleveland. Got Zach Thomas, the the stud linebacker there in Miami, he, uh, finished his career out in Dallas. You got Demarcus Ware, also a, a linebacker slash defensive end, kind of hybrid guy there. He played for Dallas and won a Super Bowl in Denver. And you got Reggie Wayne, the wide receiver in Indianapolis, played his entire career there. Patrick Willis, the linebacker in San Francisco. And Darren Woodson, the, the great Dallas Cowboys safety, who played his entire career there in Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. Those are those are what they consider the the modern era right. finalists. Yeah, and there were and a few other guys. There there are a handful of other guys. I'll, I'll get into them in a, in a second. But uh, out of out of this group, or you know, all those names that we just ran off, only a maximum of five of those guys are going to actually be picked mm-hmm. to be enshrined in this year's you know NFL Hall of Fame class. And you know, I was kind of going going through it, and and it, I mean. I, I was trying to find, you know, finding a hard time picking, you know, just five, you know, five guys. Mm-hmm. I think obviously the, all these guys are on the list for, mm-hmm. for a reason. They all have done, you know, something, you know, phenomenal in their, in their careers. Um, well, give um, me your five picks. Yeah, it's, it, it's tough for me. I, I, one that, that really did stand out uh, was, was Willie Anderson, the offensive tackle when I was kind of looking it up. Um, so he, he played, you know, 13 years in the NFL, mostly, mostly for the, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and in those 13 seasons, he faced nine of the top 11 all-time sack leaders in the NFL all time. Mm-hmm. He allowed one sack wow. to those, to those guys. One. <laughs> and, 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 and looking at his whole career, he allowed 16 sacks total his whole, his whole career. That, that to me stuck out, you know, amongst mm-hmm. all of them. I mean, whether or not that's enough to put him in the Hall of Fame, I mean, in my opinion, it, it does. But uh, it's just such a tough position to get the right. Hall of Fame. It, it, wow. It's it's crazy. But then you look on the you know the other. I mean, side. obviously, you know, you say in that stat where he only gave one to the you know the top sack getters of all time. I mean, obviously, the the guy knew against major opponents you had to bring your a game yeah so, you had to be on top yeah, of your game yeah or, that, that, or, that's an amazing stat right I think, I think another thing that really hurts him is he played his entire career in cincinnati they, they just, during the time they, where they the Bengals were, were not very yeah. good or you know whatever that that may you know affect him or whatever but you know again another offensive tackle and joe thomas the guy missed 
one play in his whole career. Right, missed yeah. a single snap in his whole career. Uh, I mean, yeah. Again, it may be unfortunate he played for the Browns, who right. during this time span were, awful. Were, were horrible. But, you know, at the same time, for offensive linemen to only miss a single snap in his whole career, that that's another stat that's just mind-blowing that because is. with those big guys, I How mean... How they it, get ro- constantly yeah, getting their knees it, it, rolled up on. And- yeah, that to me is another thing that, that just, you know, sticks out, but... uh yeah, r- running through the—I mean, running through the list. I mean, yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's tough to narrow that down to five. I mean, because I you look at—you know—you look at a guy like like Devin Hester, who's you know, yeah, he's a wide receiver, you know, by position, but he's more known it was all about the, the, the special teams or whatever. And, and at that time, you know, special teams was was the thing, or you know, whatever. Uh, now in now today's world, I mean, special teams is pretty much—I mean non-existent they, right. they phase that part out of the With game the fair catch getting it at the 25 <clears throat> right yeah. and so you know it is that really worth you know how much is that valued or you know how much do do they put you know put you know faith or put you know stock in in that you know in, in when they're trying to pick these guys for me i think it's going to be tough for for him to to get in yeah he is the all-time record holder for most you know return touchdowns in nfl history that includes kickoff and punt returns but how much is that really, right. you know, how much is that really worth? Um, in that era, it was big. Right, yeah. right. And, and, and as far as a wide receiver goes, I mean, the, the stats really aren't there to help, you know, support support that on top of, like, right, yeah, he's a right. great special teams guy, but, I mean, I have to look and see how many great special teams guys, I mean, outside of kickers or whatever, but, mm-hmm. like, return specialists like this, how many of those guys are, are in the, in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame or, you know, whatever? I think just because of the, you know, you the all-time leader in that. I mm-hmm. think, to me, that's got to carry some weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think he gets in because of that. Right. And, and another guy that I think may may have some trouble, and that's Patrick Willis. He only played eight years in the mm-hmm. NFL. Yeah. He, he yeah. cut his career short by his own, own doing. He, you know, was done playing football or just decided, you know, I'm going to step away from the game at the right time mm-hmm. before, you know, Injuries. Two injuries, or you know, I just can't live the rest of my right. life. But when well, Joe Thomas kind of did the same thing, right? Left a little early. <clears throat> um, you know, only eight years in the NFL. Yeah, he's got you know, Pro Bowls and you know, all kinds of you know, uh, accolades and whatnot. But is that really enough time in the NFL to you know, yeah, what's push your body work? You know, push you, push you in there. But yeah, it's a lot of good, you know, good receivers, top receivers in this one. Uh, you know, Reggie Wayne, Tory Holt. Uh, Andre Johnson. I mean, just a lot of a lot of big names, you know that that I grew up, you know, watching or you know watching, you know, in the NFL. Um, that that you know, I, I think have a shot as well. It, it's it's gonna be tough. I, that's all I have to say. I, uh, I, if I got to go five, I'm gonna go with uh, I'll say Freeney, mm-hmm. Holt, Revis, all right, uh, Wayne, all right, and Woodson. Okay, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Now for me, I got Revis and Wayne, and then I got Joe Thomas, Demarcus Ware, and Jared Allen. Okay, and the only reason I throw Woodson in there is because he's like the last of that great Dallas Cowboys dynasty that hasn't made it in yet. He's mm-hmm. been on a couple ballots before this mm-hmm. one. I think he's he's finally going to get his time. Right. I think it's finally time for him to get in. Yeah, and then like we said, there's a couple other guys that are on the list, and they they consider these guys the senior committee finalists, which is basically like they've been on the ballot for so long or whatever that at some point you get taken off of the modern era mm-hmm. list and get added to this list, and mm-hmm. it, it it it's still a panel vote, but it's a simple yes or no. It's not based on like number of votes or you gotcha. know anything like that. It's gotcha. just a simple 
are they in or are they not? So there's three guys or actually four guys. Um, that one is Ken Riley, the cornerback from the Cincinnati played all mm -hmm. 15 years in the league for the Cincinnati Bengals, mm -hmm. uh, finished with 65 interceptions in his career, which huh? at the time when he retired was fourth, fourth best on the, you know, in, okay. on the NFL, uh, you know, list, uh, Chuck Howley, uh, 15, 15 years in the, in the NFL with the uh, Chicago bears and the Dallas Cowboys, um, a neat stat that, you know, may not have any weight when it comes to, you know, uh, deciding whether he gets into the Hall of Fame or not, but he was the MVP of Super Bowl five, but the Cowboys lost that Super Bowl. He's the only player to ever win the MVP of a Super Bowl on a losing on a losing team. So I think I remember hearing that. before. Yeah, so that that's, you know, kind of an interesting stat, whether or not that that, you know, pushes him into the Hall of Fame or not. But it, it, it's, uh, you know, interesting. And then the last guy is uh, is Joe Klecko, the, the defensive line for for the yeah. New York Jets, um, and, and actually spent one year with the Indianapolis Colts to, to finish out his career. Again, also had a brief movie career. He's in a couple <laughs> movies. Um, and so I, for me, I, that one is I, I I think Ken Riley probably gets in. He, he just based on the number of interceptions yeah. and you know stats. The other two guys, you know, are borderline Klecko. I think you know he's he's been on the ballot for a long time, and everybody's been kind of trying to push to get him in. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It still, I mean, he finished, finished his career with only 78 sacks in his, in his total career. And yeah, that's, that's quite a bit. But when you look at, you know, the overall list or all time list, yeah. it, it's kind of mid tier, or, you know, not, not really towards the top. It, it's going to be, going to be tough. Um, and then the only other one is, is a actual, what they call the coach slash contributor committee finalist. Again, a yes or no vote. Um, and and the guy that the only guy in that in that category is uh, Don Coriel, the head coach that coached at the St. Louis Cardinals and the San Diego Chargers, Chargers. Um, with 14 years as a as an NFL coach, 114 and 89 as a as you know uh, NFL record, um, and and it was it was interesting because he's also a collegiate coach, um, was was the first guy or first coach to ever win 100 collegiate games and a hundred professional, oh. you know, games was the first guy to do that. So just okay. an interesting stat for him. Um, okay. but yeah, it'll be, be interesting, uh, February 9th, which is, you know, I think either a handful of days before the Super Bowl, um, is when the finalist or, you know, whoever's going to make it into the hall of fame for this year, that's when they'll be, they'll be announced on February 9th. So gotcha. got a, got a couple more weeks here. We'll, we'll see what the, what the committee decides. I think that modern era, they, they got, you know, some, they got some tough decisions yeah, to make, absolutely. I think. So, <clears throat> All right, very good. All right, we'll, real quick, we got a, a couple more coaches that are on the unemployment line this week. Lovey Smith from the Texans. Uh, you know, they went three, 13, and one. And, you know, they knew this was a temporary when they hired him. This was just a stopgap, I think, because um, the Texans really haven't committed to, you know, what they're going to do long term with their coaching or with their quarterback situation, you know, once they released, um, you know, traded Deshaun Watson. But, um, you know, it, it's not, I don't think it's going to be a bad place to go. They got almost 4,800 million in, um, cap space mm -hmm. next year. Um, they've had, they've had three coaches in three years, you know, this will be the, the fourth one. Um, but do you think Lovey got fired for winning <laughs> the, that last game? Yeah, you know, that, that put them out of getting. You the think they one held favorite? that? They're they're holding that against him. I don't know. I don't think so because I think it was always. I think this was always going to be a temporary. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, it, it's 
why do you hire a, a guy? That and this is now back to back seasons that they've right. done this. They hired a new, you know, a new coach last year, hired him after one season. Then they, you know, promote Lovey Smith, who was actually on the staff, you know, was yeah. a defensive coordinator for the Texans last year, promote him. Like, yeah, you sit there and say, we don't know which direction we're going. Well, yeah, you can't figure out which direction you're going because you can't pick. You won't you, commit to you anything. You won't commit right? to anything. Yeah. No kidding. Like, you know, you got to have some kind of consistency. How do you start building the team when, you know, probably one of the most important spots at, at having a head coach or whatever, you can't even, you know, make up your mind what you what you want. I, I just, from a personnel standpoint or, you know, having high draft picks, yeah, this looks like an appealing thing, but who wants to go there where you, you literally think you're going to be fired after one, you know, right. you may not even make it through the season. Who right. knows? Right. Uh, I just, yeah, it's a, a mess, but uh, whoever comes in, it, you know, it, they have problems on both sides, both sides of the yeah. ball, their, their offense, their defense was, was, was horrible. Um, and even it's even ironic, you know, Lovey Smith being a, a defensive minded guy or, you know, somebody, you know, that, that has been known for, having stellar defenses, they allowed the most rushing yards in the NFL, gave up the 30th in the NFL most yards per game, and they gave up uh, almost 25 points a game, which was uh, 27th in the NFL. So even him being a specialized person in the defensive side of the ball, but again, who is going to build a team in in, in one one year? I mean, uh, I I don't know anybody that's able to – you know, really turn around an NFL team right. in one season uh, with, with with the players that you have on that on that staff. You know, right. in, in Houston. So, yeah, I mean, the, the guy was less than five hundred as a coach before he got here. Right. What they yeah, expect his stint for him? In Chicago to do. didn't go well. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then Illinois, who when he coached in college, he was only seventeen and thirty nine. So, I, I mean, <laughs> what what did they think they were getting? You right. Know, exactly. All right. The other one was Cliff Kingsbury out. You know, with the Cardinals. Um, you know. I, I, they, they, they got hit hard by injuries. Yeah, too, the, you know? this one I could really take or leave. I mean, four of their five starters from their offensive line from last year were out at varying points of the season. Um, there, you know, Hopkins was out for you know the first part of the season, six six games. Yeah, the first six games of the season, and uh, Mer- Kyler Murray and Zach Ertz were out for the second half of the season. So. You know, they also know. also played with at, at various parts of the season. Four of their five starting offensive linemen were out of yeah, out of the, the yeah, lineup yeah. at various last year, yeah, yeah, at various points. And their GM has also stepped down. He didn't get fired. He stepped down, but he's been not with the team since December. Wow. I mm-hmm. think, or yeah, I think maybe some health problems yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. And I haven't really heard any names yet for either one of these teams. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess. You know, there, I'm sure there's going to be more. Yeah, but yeah. going forward, so. absolutely. Well, let's get into wild card weekend, fellas. Let's get into some good news. So, you know, there's going to be some good football this weekend. The first game is uh, Saturday, um, 4:30. There's going to be Seattle going into San Francisco, where the 49ers are favored by 10 points. Um, you know, uh, Brock Purdy, he's been nothing but awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 touchdowns against four picks and a 107 QB rating. Um, San Francisco beat them both times they played this year. Uh, can they do it three times in a row? Yeah, I think I think so, and then it's because of that that defense that that San Francisco has. Yeah. They're they're only yeah. giving up sixteen game sixteen points a game, uh, which is good. You know, in the regular season was good for first in in the NFL. Um, you know, I think this this would be different if we were playing at you know playing at Seattle, but this game is obviously going to be you know in in San Francisco. 
you know, that, that environment in Seattle is, is, you know, different than, yeah. than other, you know, NFL stadiums or whatever. But I just think this defense for, for, for San Francisco really going to, going to limit the opportunities for, they, they just smother you. They, they, you know, limit your opportunities. Mm-hmm. You got to be on your, on your a game, but you know, the San Francisco's, you know, offense is no, no slouch either. It, even with Brock Purdy, a, a, a third string QB in yeah. there, they've still kept, kept the wheels going on that and keep, you know, keep the momentum going. I just think that they got too, too many weapons again on that offensive side of the ball, but I like the defense to, to come up with some big stops and, and, and really, you know, smother that that seattle offense yeah i I like san francisco in this one too but you know to me the the key for any team playing san francisco Mm. i think you got to force purdy to throw it down the field Mm. don't let them get these short passes Mm -hmm. because that they're taking these short passes and turning them into gold and making them look like a superstar Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i got athletes i I think if you can take some of that short game away and make pretty you know make plays down the field I, I, I like your chances a little more that mm-hmm. way. I mm-hmm. think that's what these teams really need to focus on trying to do against San Francisco mm-hmm. to keep it close. But San Francisco's just got so many weapons, so much talent. Mm-hmm. They're going to be tough you know, to stop. You know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Geno Smith has really played great for yep. Seattle, yep. set their single-season passing record mm-hmm. for Seattle. Um, yeah. But the problem is San Francisco's not turned the ball over against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle's D is not good against the run. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, um, they rushed in, you know, uh, San Francisco rushed for 180 yards, 189 yards and 170 yards against them so far mm-hmm. this year. You know, and what's McCaffrey done since he went there? Mm-hmm. Averaged almost 4.8 yards a carry and had 52 catches. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, even though Brock Purdy is the lowest drafted QB to ever start a playoff game. Mr. Irrelevant. Um, yep. All right, let's make it three for three. I'm going with the Niners. Yep, absolutely. All right. Second game on Saturday, the Chargers uh, going to Jacksonville, and Chargers are favored by a point and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, this is at eight fifteen on Saturday. Um, you know the the Jacksonville has been a it's been this been a uh, tale of two seasons. You know they started mm-hmm. out two and six, finished up. You know Trevor Lawrence started out in those first eight games. He was ten TDs versus six picks, and since then he's went. 15 TDs against two picks. So, uh, you know, do you like Jacksonville's chances against the Chargers, you know, playing at home? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they got a shot and, you know, at a, at a point and a half, I mean, this is basically like a, like a coin flip, if you yeah. will, of a, of a game. Um, you know, this is, this is going to be an interesting to one to watch. I mean, this is two top quarterbacks or, you know, top guys that got drafted towards the top and, you know, their respective draft classes. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, these two young quarterbacks, you know, kind of duel it out, you know, uh, in, in this, in this game, um, you know, like, like dad said, it, it's a transformation for Jacksonville, not only just this season, but they won two games last year too. So, and they started out the season, you know, three and seven. Uh, and, and it was like, up oh, here we go again, you know, another, you know, another year mm-hmm. picking up towards the top 10 or, you know, top five of the draft. And then from there, it, they, they turn things around, and, and a lot of it has to do with with how you know Trevor Lawrence has played. But you can't you know forget about you know the quarterback on the other side and in, in, in Justin Herbert for for the Chargers. I mean, the the guy you know the, the Chargers are dealing with some health issues. You know, wide receiver Mike Williams and defensive end Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. You know, 
They, I, I think they're going to play, but are they 100%? I think they said that the, the receiver, it was just back, back spasms. Yeah, I think, I, I they think said. like I said, I, I expect both of them to suit up. It's yeah. it's whether or not are they, you know, 100%, 100% it full they go. They thought pretty minor stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know about both. So I really didn't hear anything mm-hmm. much this week on him. So Yeah, I think for me, it will be, you know, can the can the Chargers, the, the Achilles heel for them has been somewhat of the, of the run game, you know, um, allowing too many run yards, but they've, they've kind of since kind of clamped down on that. Uh, you know, I, I think if they can, you know, force, you know, Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville's defense, not, you know, probably where it needs to be, you know, as far as a playoff team goes, I think, you know, the Herbert's going to, going to somewhat pick them apart. He does better against man defenses compared to, to zone defenses. Jacksonville likes to play a lot of, a lot of man to man. Maybe they, maybe they flip flop and maybe they change their scheme in, in this one, but I like Herbert to, to go on the road somewhat you know get being the lower seed get get an upset you know over over jacksonville yeah i'm with colton on this one i'm taking the chargers jacksonville's won a, a lot of close games mm-hmm. in in this time and low scoring close games right. I, I think i think the chargers can put up more points and, and and kind of put a little distance between them and jacksonville and jacksonville will be playing from behind and it, they're, it's, not it's not gonna, from behind. they're not made to do that let's so. make this one three for three as well i'm, yeah. going, I'm going with LA and it's and well. it's actually interesting these two teams matched up in week three jacksonville won 38 to 10 yeah they blew one. them out and, and yeah. another interesting stat for all these games we're going to talk about every single one of these teams played each other, seen each in, other. in the nf in yeah. the uh in the regular season which yeah. i believe is the first time that that's ever happened that's so that, it's that's good that's it's good. it's interesting to you know see that I think it could lead to some good football with that familiarity of already mm-hmm. seeing your opponent once or, right. you know, twice. Some of these guys have seen, you know, each other twice already being yeah. division opponents. But, yep. yeah, just something to, to call out there. <clears throat> All right. Uh, then we switch to Sunday, and there's three games on Sunday. The first one at Buffalo at 1 o'clock, Miami coming in. Uh, th- this is the biggest spread of the weekend at 13 points. Um, uh, two is out. They've already – they said he's out. So, Thompson's going to start at, at quarterback for Miami. You know, against that matchup with Allen and Diggs, I'll, I'm saying it right now. Buffalo's gonna walk. I'm gonna. They're gonna walk away with mm-hmm. this. Yeah, yeah, Buffalo's got too much mo on their side, and the the, the they just went through that heartbreak, mm-hmm. and and right. now all like good news and right. Right. good vibes coming through there. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a team of destiny sounding right <laughs> yeah, now. I they win this easy. Yeah, I think you know for for the Dolphins to have had any shot, I still don't think I like their chances, even if Tua was healthy and able to play. Mm-hmm. But for them to have any legitimate shot, he needed to be on the field in uniform, being able to play. And it obviously he's out. He's not going to play. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, put too much faith. You know, Skylar Thompson has had some starts, you know, in, in, in you know moments for the Dolphins, but has not looked, you know, superior. The Dolphins, they like to kill you or, you know, attack you with that passing game. I just don't think Skylar Thompson is that quarterback that, that can do it for you. Mm-hmm. And another thing, I mean, Allen, you know, Josh Allen's stats all time against the Dolphins. He's eight and two. He's got a 64% completion rate, thrown for almost 3,000 passing Ooh, yards, man. 31 total touchdowns to only five uh, interceptions. The guy knows how to beat the Dolphins at home, yeah. you know, with it with a two touchdown, you know, favorite. You know, I I, I like the Bills to to get it get all it right, done. We're three for three. <clears throat> all right. Uh the middle game on Sunday, the Giants going. Going to Minnesota, um, the 4:30 game. Minnesota favored by three. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson had a big game the first two times these teams played. You know, had 133 receiving yards. But uh, the Giants' safety Xavier McKinney didn't play. Their cornerback 
Adore Jackson didn't play. McKinney is playing. Jackson's questionable, I guess, mm-hmm. right now. Um, but, you know, Minnesota, since that time, you know, has added that tight end. Uh, uh, so I, I still like Minnesota, the way they're playing, that, you know, the scheme that they got Cousins playing in right now. You know, he's having his best season of his career. Uh, I, st- I like the Vikings uh, at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is where we where we disagree. I, I think the Giants Giants go into Minnesota. They they pull off a big a big upset here. Minnesota has just been skirting by this whole this whole season. I think they've won eleven or twelve games by by a few points. I mean, it's this team could literally be picking for you know the number one pick or you know picking a top five pick if if some of those games go go the other way. And even when they matched up in you know their first matchup in Week sixteen, the Vikings won on a I don't know what was a sixty-some yard field goal at the end of the game to to win it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't like that magic, you know. Uh, uh, again in this one, but I will say a key in this one: the Giants they like to run the ball. They like to get Saquon Barkley involved. If at any point the Vikings get a big lead, I don't like the Giants' mm-hmm. chances to try to come back. They're just yeah. they're not they're not built for that. They have to control the ball, maintain the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, somewhat keep this low scoring uh, for, for the Giants to have a chance. But ultimately, I, I think the Giants, you get a win and, and pull off an upset in the All first right, round. Time, yeah, well, I'm going with Rob on this one. I just – Minnesota's got too much talent. And New York and Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley seems to shy away from the big moments. Mm-hmm. He, he just doesn't seem to show up when, when the I lights agree. are on. And I, if he doesn't show up here, they don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think Minnesota, thirteen and four. They, they've, yeah, they've won a lot of close games, but they've that won. Shows, they, to they've me, they've that done. Yeah, they they got grit. They yeah. got toughness. They make it happen. Yeah. So you know, I, I think Minnesota's got what it takes to win this one. All right, very okay. good. Um, last game then on Sunday, the eight fifteen game. Uh, you know, rematch of last week's game: Ravens at Cincinnati. Cincinnati as favored in by Vegas by nine and a half at this point. Um, Should probably be more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the team and Joe Cool are hot right now. I think, um, you know, they're, they're, they're peaking at the right time. Um, Hundley or Huntley's throwing. He's questionable. I think it's probably going to be Anthony Brown, who is, was not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19 of 44, zero, two, zero TDs, two picks and a fumble. Versus Cincinnati, um, yeah, I I don't think the Ravens have a shot here. Right. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going with the bank. I'm going with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think obviously again another QB situation where I think it, Lamar Jackson has to play for this for this Baltimore team to to really have a legitimate shot, and he hasn't practiced all week. Uh, more than likely, probably not going to suit up in this game. You know, Huntley maybe gives him a little bit better of a shot just because he's had more reps as the starter and, and has performed but better. But he's only two and two as a starter. Right. So. so, and he he hasn't, you know, been been phenomenal or he's not, you know, the same as, as what you get when you put Lamar Jackson out there for, for Baltimore. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati's. I think Cincinnati's still smarting a little bit how they feel they got the shaft on the, how the whole. The coin and all that. Yeah, yeah. could have yeah. potentially played out there. Uh, but. Yeah, Cincinnati. I like like Cincinnati's chances in this one uh, to to win to win big at, at home and you know continue their their chance of repeating as the the AFC champion. So yeah, I'm making it three for three. Cincinnati wins this and, and wins this big With, without Lamar Jackson. Baltimore just isn't the same team. They're they're not a ten and seven team. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Very good. Okay. Then the the last game is actually on Monday night. Monday night. Uh, eight fifteen. 
Dallas going into Tampa Bay, who actually has a losing record. <laughs> you know, we talked about this. But, you know, Tampa Bay has kind of a couple things going for them. Dallas has not been a good road team this this season. They're 4-4 four and four on the road. Um, and Tom Brady is 7-0 against Dallas. Yeah. Um, the, the spread's only two and a half points, which mm-hmm. surprised me a little bit. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they're giving Tampa Bay, you know, a little bit of love in this game. Right. This is a tough one for me to pick, though. You know, Tampa <laughs> Bay's still pretty banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they at, you know, uh, pieces are coming back, but the offensive line is still kind of a makeshift protection, you know, and at 45 years old, Tom never was mobile and, you know, he's even worse now. So, right. um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think even though I love Tom Brady, I'm a fan of Tom Brady. I, I think I got, I got to go with, I got to go with the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It, it, <clears throat> it's a tough one to pick. I mean, these two teams matched up in the, in the first week Buccaneers obviously won that, won that game 19 to three. Uh, but I just, yeah. What, again, you could probably say this for both teams, which, which team is going to show up, you know, right. the, the, is it going to be the Tampa team that we're used to seeing? That, you know, I hate betting against Tom Brady, <laughs> in, especially in the playoffs. Right. Uh, but you know what? What Cowboys team are we gonna get to? I mean, yeah, they've been playing like hot garbage. Right. La- last week they, you know, laid an egg. You know, and and regardless, you know, that didn't mean much because the Eagles, you know, whatever, were right. doing what they needed to do and took care of business. But but the Cowboys didn't know that as they were playing. Right, they were yeah. playing at the exact same time. Right. Yeah. They and, had no idea. And regardless, and if they of, were and if they were watching the scoreboard, shame on them. Right. right. You got it. You got your own yeah. game to play. Do your own business. And, right. and it's and at the same time, it's regard regardless of any of that, you want to have some momentum coming right, into the right. playoffs, or you want to at least say we played a halfway decent. I mean. Yeah, they play like that. We finish strong. Yeah. You play like that, and Tampa comes out and plays like, you know, sometimes well, you know they Tom do. Tom Brady can play. Yeah, they, they, they get, the get, get blown out in this one. Or if both teams play terribly, like, you know, they're possibly. They're giving Tom Brady a chance. Right, yeah. Again, it's a 50-50 coin flip. But ultimately. I'll wind up turning it off and watching reruns of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think the Cowboys, they've played more consistent throughout the throughout the season uh, Tampa Bay has been ba- literally one week they're good one week they're bad one week they're good one week they're bad I think the Cowboys and when they've been bad they've been god awful and, and they've also played in a a terrible they've been hot and cold in a terrible division right, right. where the Cowboys have been yeah they they've flashed moments where they've been stellar and they flashed moments where they laid some eggs but They've done, it, in the best division they've done it in a division I mean, that that's right. that's Almost every team up. made the playoffs. Right. Way so more competitive. I, I trust the Cowboys a little bit more. I, I just don't know which Tampa team we're going to see. I think the Cowboys get a win, but could be a super tight game. I, I think for the Cowboys to get the win in this game, they need to take advantage of the defensive line, offensive line matchup. Mm-hmm. They need to be blitzing almost every play, make Tom Brady uncomfortable, get three, four sacks in this game. And I think that gives them the best chance to get the win here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's our show for tonight. Um, we're probably coming at you Wednesday of next week. Um, we're going to have a, a special guest on the show next week, longtime listener and friend of the show next week. So uh, we thank you for listening tonight. Colton, you want to sign us out? Yeah. Thanks for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cow. Uh, Chief Rob Cow. Matt got Cordes. my name there for a minute. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about, 
Uh, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We have a Instagram where you can find us if you search for our handle at fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook if you search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about, about the show. Um, and at the same time, you can find all of our past episodes and even this episode, you know, on all the different, you know, podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you can listen to a podcast, you can, you can find our, so find our show. So as always stay, stay fired, fired up. up.